Love your propane grill? Well, life just got a little easier with Propane Taxi. Stop lugging that tank. Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service that's ridiculously easy and convenient. Just go online, choose a delivery date, and Propane Taxi delivers grill tanks straight to your door. You can exchange any brand of tank. And right now, new customers get their first tank exchange for $10 with promo code TANK10. That's $10 for your first tank exchange with promo code TANK10. Visit PropaneTaxi.com. No contact, no commitment, no problem. in Britain and how and obviously mental health is another thing as well that this podcast is about so in terms of mental health what has both of your journeys been like so you've been experiencing racism you've always felt a little bit of alienation growing up uh you've been getting used to it when did you were there any turning points in your lives when you realized actually you know what I'm not okay I thought I was doing well. I thought I was coping well, but something's not right here. I might have to dig a, dig a bit deeper. Um, I'll let any of you start. Hold up. Are you calling me up? Um, <laughs> for me personally, um, this conversation is, is a blessing because it, it allows me the opportunity to share a little bit about what it is to be totally against <laughs> the system um, yeah and i was that guy i was i was a young man walking around with a hammer in my in my hoodie smashing up wow. cctv cameras and and parking parking lots of machines because i thought i was a revolutionist and i and i a revolutionary and i and i filled my head with garbage in order to um, take down Babylon single-handedly. Um, I would make note of MPs and police officers in my area and, and strategize how I would take them out. So, so this this conversation is right up my alley because I realize how the accusatory spirit—that's actually the name for Satan. If you if you look into the the translation from Greek, the accusatory spirit—that's that's what it stokes up in a man's heart—is to look at this the world around you and to start mm. pointing fingers. And to create um, this straw, this straw man, this person, yeah. this, the man. Do you know what I mean? This this supposed yeah. boogeyman that that is out to get you. Um, and then there's a ton of lovely conspiracy theories that will will, will help mm. you along your way um, to 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 destroy this man and to um, create an army to take down. And the funniest thing is, is that these things are all mm. nonsense. Um, mm. You know, you can read Ecclesiastes and that's the answer you'll come to as you, as you keep on digging down the rabbit hole of um, mm. of lies. It says vigour and youth is meaningless. You know, this hot-headedness we have as young people. I, I, I had a Bible study about it the other day, actually. It's funny because I've actually been reading Ecclesiastes a lot recently. Me and my partner, we, whoever yeah. wrote this particular <laughs> You weren't it's playing. Yeah, <laughs> You were playing, but he was, yeah, trust, he was asking them deeper questions, blood, <laughs> and he was finding nothing at the end of them. And, he, um, he saw it all, bro. I he think that's, that's, 
that's a narrative that's going on at the moment for many young men mm. um, because we want to feel in control of something. That's just the desire of man. If we can go back to the garden and see that accusatory spirit take place again, you know, like, oh, it was the snake. Oh, it was mm. the woman you gave me. So it's like that constant desire to point the finger at somebody else's instead of taking responsibility for your mm. own actions um, and recognizing that you have um, both weakness to pass to pass mm. on and strength to uh, draw other people into truth and and peace and life and I, and I yeah man so so I think that my experience mm. is, is what what I didn't mention and this is why I was speaking about class earlier is because my dad was always an amazing example to me of what a black man of the faith should be living life like um, and he was a governor in my school he was he was a champion of the community mm. and he actually knew the the head police officer the um the commander in chief of the borough that I kept on getting stopped and searched at so he made one phone call and all of those stop and searches stopped which I thought was very uh, crazy and, and amazing <laughs> at the same time because it, it showed me that with wow you know when your socioeconomic situation changes and your circles change socially then you can actually do things that other people might not know they can do and something mm. as small as knowing your rights like my dad taught me right get to know your rights bro because you're living in a place you don't yeah. even know what your statutory rights are do you know what i mean someone could be pulling your trousers down every day you wouldn't know mm. um because you've never taken the time to actually find out what your rights are in this nation um so these you know instead of instead of going everything's against me and i listening to the voices wow. of um the principalities and powers that are continually shouting very loud it's about listening to the short whisper of the spirit and and you know becoming becoming aware that you, you're not a mm. victim man do you know what i mean if anything you're just as much a, a mm. perpetrator as you are a victim in all situations and scenarios yeah. do you know what i mean yeah and to rephrase that just for the non-Christian listeners, like just just do your research. That's basically what we're saying, you know. Don't you know we do live in a physical world, but physical things do fade away. Everything has its flaws, every system has its flaws. Mm. Every celebrity, every uh um spokes quote unquote spokesperson has their flaws. So um I can understand even if you have the worldview that the physical world around us is all that matters even within this physical world there's still more better education you can do to enlighten yourself but obviously we as believers um we have a thing or two to to say about that and we'll get to that later um so yeah and so in terms of i guess mental health when was kind of do you remember around the first time you heard that term guys or is it kind of something you gradually became more aware of like kind of what was your perception of the term growing up black people don't talk about it bro they don't yeah straight yeah, I mean, up for me or we have different oh, words to articulate well it. maybe that's a generalizing statement so i should actually yeah. retract that a little bit but in my experience yeah, yeah. west yeah. you know um people from the west indies blow in a talk about them thing this thing somewhere <laughs> Unless someone's overtly mad, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Real and then talk, you real. just get brandished with the, with the mad stick. But sorry, Paul, go on. No, I completely understand. I mean, for me, how, how do I put it? Um, see, my parents were very much, very interesting. They were a very interesting pair. Mm. 
because you know I realized they never actually forced me to do anything. They, they were always very, um, you know, other than being a, a good Christian kid and just enforcing uh, the way of the, the Lord in my life and just respect. Um, they were always very open to me learning new ideas. Mm. And so for me, I've always been a sensitive individual. Um, I'm very, very, very sensitive in my in things I care about. But that the, on the flip side, I also don't really, I really don't care about things I don't care about. So it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on like, I'm on, I'm on two extremes here. And so when I used to hear about mental health, I, I never really understood it um, growing up. And I didn't really hear it much growing up as well. I mean, we mm. raised in it. I think the black community has, has, has a plethora of problems that we need to sort out before we can even start pointing the finger anywhere else, especially around the topic of mental mm. health. Because... What I came to, to, to think anyway, this wasn't like my parents' fault or anything, but, but what I would often hear uh, within the community is like a, an individual who had like depression or anxiety or whatever, it was always some sort of like demonic thing and it meant that mm. they didn't have like enough faith or they hadn't prayed. And I, I just I sat there thinking to myself, like, this can't be right, you know? Um, and so growing up, you know, I, I took a degree in psychology and, and I'm doing a master's in occupational psychology. And so when I realized that I wasn't, I mean, there were a few times in my life where I can say um, I, I was completely, you know, off it. But I'd say the most recent time I can think of where I wasn't, I was completely off my game was like the last year, the, the passing year. Oh, okay. Maybe until like, maybe until like two weeks ago, I would say I was, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, on my feet again. Mm. And boy, it's it's just mental health is not a joke. It's not funny, you know. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not a trend that you can hop on and off. Yeah, no, it is not a switch you can pop on and off. There is not enough sitting there, being yeah. strong. I can do to, to, to make it go away. It's it's you feel you feel yeah. violated. I think that's the best way I can put it. You know, you feel in in a, in a very real sense, you feel violated. Um, mm-hmm. In that normally when you're going through life and you have problems, you can establish that this thing is something I'm dealing with. When you have a mental problem, a mental health problem, it feels like just as much a part of you as any other day. You know, it, it, it almost tries to invade mm. the norm. And it, once it becomes normative, it becomes the new you. And that that's when things get crazy, you know, because mm-hmm. then it's, mm-hmm. what do I trust? Because this thing feels like as much a part of me as any other part of me. So I, I don't know what to do about it. It's not going away, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's kind of when again I started to look more into, um, you know, Christianity and and when I was around seventeen, especially, these are the questions that would pop up, and I wanted to know where the intersect was. You know how these two things, faith mm. and, and 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 the the, the sciences and religion. Um, where the inter- intersection is because for me I don't know I just thought to myself you know again if God is real then he's not a dummy and if he's not a dummy then there's no way he'd allow me to live in this world like a dummy refusing to learn things because somehow they'll make him not real and it's like come on if he's real surely these things should bring me closer to him if he's the mm-hmm. author of knowledge exactly. and, the, and the author of information the author of 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 intellect surely gaining knowledge would actually uh, help me un- appreciate him more you know all the all the exactly uh, the scientific revolution all the scientists who, who were big in the day that kind of brought the, the water yeah what is they were all christians and believers so yeah clearly, it was their faith that inspired their curiosity exactly, it was their faith i've been doing i've been doing the alpha course with my church online and yeah. we i think it was about two weeks ago we looked what i love about the alpha course is 
shout out Nikki Gumble and the whole team. Like they 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 delve into the stories of great people who have, you know, they've engaged in the secular world. You know, they've they they they're known as good scientists. They they're known for their expertise in their fields, and it makes it very clear that it's our faith is reasonable. There's reason behind it. There's um there's inquisitiveness that can be accommodated in in our faith. You know. Um, so yeah, I just, mm. on, on, I really relate to what you just said there, um, Paul. So, um, yeah, sorry, carry yeah. on. And so, you know, yeah. So once I found out what the insect, once the intercept, what the inter what the intercept was and how these things so beautifully merged together, mm. um, I, I, it became, all knowledge is the Lord's. Yeah. You know, it became much easier to deal with, with my mental health issues. But I mean, again, the, the the last year was a was a whole new kind of beast. It was a whole new kind of war. Okay. Um. Ah. Uh, yeah. I can't even. I can't. Even, you know. You know when you're going through something so ridiculous, you don't even know how to explain it. You don't. Yeah. You just don't know why or how, and it's just there. You're here now. You know. <laughs> don't know how or why, but here you are. You're here now. You're depressed. You're anxious. You're taking long walks at midnight. That was me for the last maybe eight months. But God has been good. He's shown me that ultimately. Um regardless of how much knowledge we do gain, he still remains God. And I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying in the beginning, Art, this idea that, you know, we know God as Jesus as our Savior, but we don't know him as our Lord. And I guess for me, the problem might have been was that, you know, you feel like the more knowledge you have, the more you can kind of outwit God and, and kind of just like find your own way. Yeah. And I think for me, he kind of explained to me that as much as I know, it all it all points back to him. All of it, regardless, it doesn't matter how far, it just all point when you look at it, it just all points back to a foundation that is solid, that is rigid, that is that gives you a sense of self-worth. Um, beyond you know, these positive thinking self-help books who tell you you can think yeah. it's reality, like beyond all mm. of that, and beyond all this you know, all this, all this, you know, law of attraction stuff that you find, <laughs> God is ultimately mm. The, the new age yeah the new age stuff god is ultimately the mm. the, the, the most sound you, uh, a foundation through which you can grow and re-establishing that really gave me the confidence and re-realization of who i am and helped me kind of mm. come out of that you know by god, god's grace but mm. over my life you know i've learned very very well that mental health is mm. not a joke and you have to you you as an individual need to it is your prerogative to keep yourself mentally stable because what it really comes down to is what you choose to believe because as far as feelings are concerned you feel the same way like your feelings are not intuitive in the sense that your feelings aren't intelligent you know they, they, they don't think they just do right and so you as an individual mm. have to get to the point where you constantly train your mind to focus on what's worth thinking about and what's worth focusing on mm. and at a certain point as an adult, especially as a child, you don't feel the need to constantly take care of your mental health because you don't have the weight of the water on your shoulders. You know, you live absent mindedly and, and free without responsibility as an adult. That's, that's completely different. And so you have to take initiative. So for me, I have like notebooks and, and, you know, gratitude notebooks. I write every day. I write about something I'm grateful for. And I, I journal, I constantly spend time in the word. It's an exercise, but that's, that's how I have to, this is the new me. This is me now. Mm. And I, 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 bro, that's so good. It was the hardest thing to accept. I can't lie because for a while I felt weak. You know, mm. I felt like, man, 
Mm. I need a journal now to feel better about myself. Before, like years ago, I didn't even need to think about it. it just it would just go away. I've yeah. got to do it. But then you realize that life is a, is a, is the only constant in life is change. And if you continually hold on to how you used to be, you'll never be able to appreciate who you truly are now. Yeah. So that, that that's mm. that, that's where I am now. I'm still in. Yeah. this new man blossoming again you know and it's it's been yeah. difficult but god has been so gracious he's he's given me a good support system mm. and he's been very merciful and you know i'm, I'm here now so coming on awesome can you just delve a little bit deeper into that particular experience so you said especially in like the past year or so you've kind of reached like a new level of like <laughs> sort of mental difficulty but can you can you kind of trace maybe any life events or anything yeah that, I mean, that happened to you that might have built up to that for me i know exactly what kind of um i know i know i i know exactly what it was the thing that stressed mm. me out is that i don't know why it affected me so much um Mm. And and the, the basic principle was so what happened was um I was I think it, maybe two years ago now I was in my first like proper serious relationship like proper and what happened mm. was it, you know it, it it ended badly but the, the 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 issue wasn't that it ended badly or the fact that I missed my ex or whatever on earth you know that's because mm. I knew you know by the time it ended I was sure that the person wasn't wasn't good for me you know you have someone who can be good to you but not good for you you know and yeah. so. Um, but what that did to me is it broke something inside me because I had lived my life mm. with these expectations of how love was supposed to be and all these Hollywood visions and went to the end everything. Yeah. I put my whole soul into something serious that, 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 that basically ended in hellfire. It broke me, you know, like mm. all my beliefs were all over the place. My ideas, my expectations, everything was shattered. My whole view of love, like everything was complete. It was yeah. completely shattered because I was like, first of all, how can I trust myself? Because it's like, you know, you spend your whole year telling someone you love them and then the whole thing ends and you move on. It's like, so if I ever tell someone I love them again, do I really mean it? And so you start to, tr to, to not trust yourself. But once you begin to doubt your word as a man, it's game over, right? It's... Mm. Once you question that and once once you reach a point where you, you can't have a serious conversation with yourself without questioning whether you believe what you're saying, that's a very weird place to be in. And it broke mm. completely. So it wasn't again, so it wasn't even the, the 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 relationship, it was the principles that came into question as a result of the experience. And that was what mm. I started to deal with is by now as a man, I've got this internal conflict, this co this cognitive dissonance, and mm. oh my gosh, it was hard. The very foundation of how you identified as a man was exactly. shaken. That's what, yeah. It was, yeah, it was completely shaken. The very foundation. And I, I had to rebuild it again, you know? Um, and mm. it was hard, like it, un, unreasonably difficult. But I, I, I mm. feel it was so necessary because I feel as though the, the old me, the one who was, who was in the past, he wouldn't, he wasn't ready for real love. Because real love is everything you don't think it is, you know. <laughs> it's Oof. it's 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 the complete opposite of what you yeah. think. It is. Ryan, do you want to just um, yeah. piggyback from that, <laughs> just from your married experience? <laughs> like, what's it been like for you? Uh, no, big up Paul, blood. Big up yourself, Rowan. Paul, bro, you're taking over my podcast. It's not fair. You've got your own one, man. No. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, man. I just, I just have to conquer, man. It, with grace and peace of my heart, I just have to conquer. Um, it's love is a is is a laying down. It isn't a picking up, and it isn't a um, mm. it isn't something that you fall into. 
it's, yeah. it's something you have to learn to stand in and it's yeah Definitely. man we we oh, relationship yeah. and what it can do to a man's being and to his mm. psyche and to his world so mm. interesting because we are we're told the lie that we we're ready before we are especially in yeah. the western hemisphere or i can only really speak about the uk mm. but it's almost like there's a lot of pressure to get involved with this thing before it's your time <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and especially only- in the black community as well if we're perfectly honest you know um again i'm not an expert on the stats but like in terms of teenage pregnancies and premature relationships i heard a stat that we as black people are you know the stats for us the the, the times that happens for us is much higher than really? other races yeah, yeah. yeah. like the, w- the way yeah. we engage in premature relationships and you know the abortions and you know teenage pregnancies and things like that um yeah and that's probably a, a whole other topic in itself that yeah. needs to be saved for another episode but um yeah just carry on ryan just explaining your experience yeah so like many a story um for me i got involved in a relationship when i was 15 years old um thinking that i had somehow like held myself back because of the pressures that I'd experienced from 11 kind of thinking, Oh, well, I haven't, you know, just how the world thinks, man, you know, I'm still a virgin and all of these different like pressures that should not be pressures. You're 15 years old, Mm. bro. What are you talking about? You've got hip hop as well telling you one thing. You got, you you got the whole nine yards there. um, Yeah. Giving you, it's giving you, words and and what you think is yeah. wisdom at the time of what you should and shouldn't <laughs> be doing um, yeah. and then yeah five years later that whole thing broke down and it was it was a massive it was tumultuous man it was a crazy experience from begin beginning to end i mean because you you think you know and and yeah. your emotions mm. are, are are drawing you and blinding you <laughs> and revealing mm. things to you that you're not yet even ready for. And one of my friends said something the other day that never even came into my mind till very recently. He was speaking about the, the formulation of the brain and how your frontal lobe is not fully formed until you're 25 years old plus. And I was Whoa. like, brother, like, that's just like a, it's, it's a biological thing that I, I'd never mm. even thought about. Like I was engaging in a world and in things way like my brain wasn't even formed, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? And I know it's, and I was deeply, and that's not to say like, if you're younger than a certain age, because we're all different and, you know, different things form at different stages of our lives, but Mm. just, just little gems that I think, you know, we allow culture to, to dictate to us. And, and I suppose one of the blessings I've had is to be a youth um, worker for all of my career and be able to, tell young people to slow down, bruv, and give them, you know, peep game, bro, or never just say, listen, brother, mm. <laughs> and sister, like, yeah. you know, this is, um, it's not a game, you know, don't mm. don't step into things before your time, because we have time for these things, you know, and we, yeah. we yeah. You, you waste a lot, um, but there's mm. no real wasted time in the kingdom, but generally you do waste a lot of emotion and a lot of, yeah drive and passion and, and yeah energy, and you and suffer, 
Yeah, and you suffer from consequences that you really don't need to suffer from, you know. You're not it's ready just for unnecessary. Those. You know, like, yeah, lessons in life are valuable, but there's just certain lessons that don't have to be as bad or as deep as we make them to be, you know. And there's shortcuts in life, bro. There's there many shortcuts, a shortcut. Man. You know, it's it's listening to it. They say when an old man or woman dies, someone mm. who's you know, like a library, a library's burned down. And it's it's so funny because you used to actually listen to what all the older people were saying to you when you was a younger who had all the answers. Mm. That you'd be in your mind and in your heart further down the line in some way, sense or form. Um, mm. So yeah, man. It, it, but you do, you do go and pull. Uh, yeah, I, sorry, I, I was going to um jump in on that. It's funny you should say that because <sighs> there's a rapper called Andy Minion. I'm sure you guys have, have heard of him. Yeah. Um, and the, the, he has this song called All We Got. And All We Got is my song, bro. Like, mm. uh, that is my song. And he released it like maybe six years ago. And where mm. the point is, he has this verse where he says, um, I pray that my heart moves as fast as this information. And I think the reason that's relevant is because whilst I do believe that there are certain lessons that you can learn at a young age. I, I, I do believe, though, that sometimes we know the information, but we don't f- we don't feel the effects of the information emotionally because our hearts haven't caught up to our minds yet. Mm-hmm. And that's why you find that from a young age, you know these things. Like we know, for example, I mean, the community, we've always you know, been told about, um, I don't know, stuff like, you know, avoiding sex before mm-hmm. marriage, et cetera, et cetera. But the problem is our hearts weren't mature enough to register that as much as our minds knew it was logically reasonable. Mm. And so that heart and mind battle is what really, I think, drives a lot of us to make a lot of dumb decisions early because I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll be the last person to say that every mistake I made, I didn't know it was the bad decision. I knew exactly that it was the bad decision. (laughs) (laughs) But my heart, my heart hadn't caught to my mind. Yeah, bro. It, sometimes the negative experiences are what make that happen. You know, it's that like that push yeah, that you yeah. need. It can be avoided, but I think I don't think it's quite as simple as 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 because we aren't robotic. It's it's just weird. It's just this weird thing, you know. I feel you, bro. Mm. I feel you, you, man. Because I know that it's true. Yeah. I feel like it's true, mm. and that's mm. not necessarily the case. Sometimes you will know it's true, but you you don't feel like you want to live in that truth, for lack of better terms, because mm. it hasn't it hasn't held you captive yet. And yeah. so you you do what you've got to do, and before you know, it, you make yeah. mistakes, and now you want to mm. abide to it. Mm-hmm. That's that's like different for everyone, but for me personally, it was you know it wasn't necessarily in the area of you know maybe uh, um uh, I don't know. Maybe in the area of like crime and whatnot, but it was definitely for me in the area of like um love because I again I wear my heart on my sleeve. So for me, a lot of it was like I know the common sense answer to this, but maybe I can be the champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah right. You always feel like I can be the exception. I think I can handle this. Yeah, thing. you know, you know. <laughs> that's what. And, and that, as Christians, what... we know that to be the deception of the human heart. So mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. I just to add to that as well. Someone said to me, the longest distance journey that you'll ever do is only eighteen inches. Is long from the head to the heart, and that, yeah. mm. that hit me profoundly because it's it's so true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it is head knowledge or heart knowledge, man. What yeah. great, what great mystery! And the people listening to this, yeah. you're getting some gems still. So listen up, especially if you're young, G. Mm. Yeah, real talk, man. Um, <laughs> for me personally, I I'll give. A, a fresh perspective to this so I've never been in any relationship never dated I was that weird kid who had friends thinking Nathan are you sure you're not gay because like 
you could be pulling these girls, but you ain't pulling none. Uh, another stereotype. Yeah, another dumb stereotype that is... And obviously, this is not exclusive to black people. This is everywhere, you know. This is just Western society in general. These, you know, foolish ideas that to be a male, to be a proper man means you pull girls as early as possible, uh, which is dumb because um, your body might be able to do things, but your brain is not ready. And you're not ready for the consequences. If you have sex with a girl and she turns around and says, I'm pregnant, don't. <laughs> and she wants an abortion. It's like you put that on yourself, G. You got to take responsibility. I mean, like it, it, it doesn't even need to get to that. I it think doesn't like even need to get to that. Exactly. If you have sex with a girl and she turns mm. around and says she loves you, you ain't ready for that. Because even girl that. At sixteen, when she, she loves you, that's a they're crazy, bro. Like they're cr they're crazy. <laughs> like they're insane. Mm. You know what I mean? And, like I remember when. So, so, Sorry to, to kind of jump in there. I remember that's one right, time right. there was just one girl who was 14 and like, you know, we were talking and I wasn't really serious, you know. I I, I kind of just wanted to be able to feel like someone loved me because mm. I was bullied up in school. Yeah. I wanted a girl's attention. Girls didn't really like me. One Asian girl shows me attention. You're the emotional guy, right? <laughs> yeah, the emotional guy, you know what I mean? And so like... You want love, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Romeo thing, you get me? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the Chris Brown walking down the street singing to her with the cookie. Yeah, you know. <laughs> sweet kids, man. What a sweet boy. Like, what's wrong? Excuse me, miss. That's why he's singing down, fam. We see you, bro. That's where his singing route started. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, it got like, I can't lie to you, it got serious real quick, right? So. Mm. I think like two weeks in, I was like, you know what? I, this is like, I don't really want to do this anymore because, you know, the fear of the Lord was in my heart and I knew if my parents ever found that I was trying to some girl, they'd cook me. So, you know, yeah. after, <laughs> after two weeks, I was like, I'm not willing. I fear God more than I fear breaking your heart. So, um, mm. so foolishly enough, I kind of just I tried to pull away and this girl went nuts. She started like sending mm. me weird, like suicidal poems talking about how she's cutting herself now, da, da, da. And I was 14. I did not know how to handle this. I was like, oh what gosh. is going on? I didn't know who to tell because my parents didn't really you know, advocate for like that behavior in the first place. So I'm going to get in trouble with them first and then they'll try to help. Yeah. And like that girl, mm. she was part of like, a, like she was part of a, um, a youth, like, um, a youth group that like a multi-youth a multi-church youth group mm. so if anyone found out about that the whole oh was she a christian as well yeah, from a, a christian a, background the whole mm. the whole system would blow up completely and it would go mad mm. fortunately you know god was gracious to me and it kind of settled mm. itself but the, 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 like kind of like just kind of like what you're saying these kids are you are not ready for, for the kind of pressure that the, mm. those three simple words getting those from a girl can do to you man because mm. it's just it's not mm. plus it's not nice like if you're not in the position where you're able to be responsible for someone's life like that you know and we can't assume mm. that anyone's like nobody even at our age no one goes into it thinking you know what i'm gonna break someone's heart today but at least be in a position mm. where you can take care of it responsibly when you're mm. a kid what do you know and you again know? Like, what it do you all really comes know? down to identity what are your values what are your morals yeah what does it mean to really live a fulfilled life as a human being? That's why when I bring mm. faith into every conversation, it's not because I'm obsessed with religion. It's because every world issue comes down to the human soul. Beliefs. What does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean <coughs> to love, to be fulfilled? You know, that's why I talk about faith, you know. So um, 
if you're not a, if you're a non-believer listening to this we're not bible bashing we're not here to make you feel bad about not being religious we are just sharing from our own life experience the the freedom that comes from putting your trust in a belief system that um stands the test of time that is not as um imperfect or unstable as popular culture or what your homeboy says or what your mum says or what your or even your the closest person to you says you know so um that's that's just where our hearts are with it um but that links very well to christianity right so both of you growing up you're learning more about your male identity um you've got hip-hop screaming at you you've got your girlfriend screaming this at you you're trying to figure yourself out as a man your foundations are crumbling what helps you get back up and yeah like did it start off straight away with looking to god or did you kind of try and find practical solutions first like what was the progression for, for both of you um uh for me it was it was not trying to be a hero for, for lack of better words um I just, you know what I realized, I can't lie to you, you know, here's what, here's what I realized very early on, maybe about 15, I told myself, listen, well, if you end up with, in a room alone with a girl and she is extremely attractive and she wants to give herself to you, you're going to do something. You're not a hero. You're not a champion. You're a male. You have male blood running through your veins. You're going to do something stupid. So how about you just don't compromise yourself by putting yourself in positions that are going to put you in that particular situation? So for me, what really helped me was just, I just avoided the whole show. Like, I was like, hey, I'm not even trying to find out what my limits are. I'm not even trying to find out, you know, how strong yeah. I am. Because I'm a guy, yeah. you know? I know, I mean, when, when, when Lil mm. Wayne and What's It Called on, on, you know, MTV, you know, and, and hits and, and all these mm. music videos are up online, on like Sky, and they're doing all the, and they're yeah. showing these women as a, as a kid, you know, 9, 10, yeah. 11, 13 it did something to me and so i was very aware of definitely of, of, i relate of, of what this stuff does to you on the inside so i knew for, like from around 15 yeah. I, I just i told myself if i if i put myself in that position i'm going to do something stupid and and admitting that to myself was that the best thing i ever did because it allowed me to be very honest mm -hmm. it allowed me from avoiding very very crucial mistakes because i couldn't tell you how many times you know uh i i, I the basic no could have like saved me mm. from from going down a really mm. dark path. It's like you know, can you come over? No, I you know I don't I don't yeah. do that. You know, do you want to come yeah. to this house party? Mm. No. Why don't you want to come to this house party? Because there's women and drinks. So what what on earth do you think is going to happen as a result of me being there? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to yeah. try to be a hero. You can see if you survive, and you can tell me your survival story. Mm. No, thank you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> that is the end of this part of the conversation that i had with paul and ryan um stay tuned for the next episode where we continue this discussion uh and speaking of faith speaking of christianity uh, and what the church can do to combat racism and to address racism uh there was a book that i would highly recommend you to read especially if you're a uk christian and it is called we need to talk about race written by ben lindsay Ben Lindsay is the founder of the organization Power the Fight that does great work in combating racism and helping 
uh, black people in various ways through various means and this book uh, is great um, I bought it and I've read it and I'm rereading it because it's got so much great content on um, practical steps uh, UK church leaders can take and UK church attendees can take as well in dismantling uh, racial ignorance and helping to um, make racial integration much more of a reality um, because it's very easy for churches to talk about diversity and um, having a face value sort of approach to um, racial integration but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done and he's got great practical questions at the end of each chapter um, asking black people asking white attendees of churches and white church leaders uh, what they can do um, and it's got nice prompts nice questions and a few diagrams to illustrate points as well um, so it's a great book there's a few other people featured in the book as well that help Ben um, really unpack the various sort of ethnic minority ex um, experiences in UK churches so um, it's a great book I would highly recommend it and you can check out a link to order the book on Amazon in the description for this episode so I highly recommend please buy it through that link um, that link is an Amazon affiliates link which allows me um, to get a little bit of a commission for every order that is made through that link so um, if you could order through there that would really help me fund my content and uh, take it to the next level so if you want to support in you know just a small financial way then it would be great for you to order the book through the affiliate link that is in the description for this podcast so wherever you're listening just look on your screen look at the written description for this episode and you will see the link to order that book we need to talk about race a great 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 resource for today's uk christians so um and, and obviously it's not just for uk christians there's loads of transferable things in there that relate to just society in general so even if you're not christian there's still a few things in there that you might find interesting um, and if you are a Christian who is not in the UK there's still a lot of application that it can have to your church life um, as a believer so uh, thank you and I will see you in the next episode where we continue uh, this conversation um, about uh, black identity and racism and, and how Christianity and masculinity as well and how Christianity can help with those things so thank you and peace this message is sponsored by amazon i want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies making sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs <laughs> covid19 has changed how we live and how we feel but now there are vaccines it's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it. Because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, 
They were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.